0: no one in this world will ever give a fuck about you more than you will so if you believe something so strongly in your convictions that it is what you want to do and you have faith in it no matter what people tell you if it is truly what you believe in you have to go do it you are now tuning in to the Rough Next podcast with your host cole nixon
1: One last thing before we get into today's episode. A lot of people ask how they can support the podcast. Well, I have a couple easy ways. The first way is just listen and subscribe. And another thing you can do is go follow the Roughnecks podcast on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube as well. If you get something out of today's show, then do me a favor. Share it with a friend. If you really want to go above and beyond to support the podcast, then head over to roughnextpodcast.com and get you some of that merch. I appreciate all of the support, but let's get into today's episode. everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. This is episode 70, 78, and I know that episode 78 is supposed to be a Fast Friday, and it was supposed to be Fast Friday number three that was supposed to come out on Friday, but life got me busy. Shit went wrong. It's What do you do? Um, but I didn't get that out, didn't have time to get it recorded and edited, but we're back today with a guest, and I will have what we call What's Up Wednesday just to replace Fast Friday that we missed, to get back on track. For Q&A Friday, this Friday um, with Jesse Beachy, episode 80, and it'll be Q&A Friday number three, email your questions over to roughneckspodcast at gmail.com, but episode 78, I got a very special guest joining me today who has smoked me many times in one-on-ones when I was a freshman <laughs> I was then, uh, but without further ado, welcome to the Roughnecks Podcast, Wyatt Griffith, aka Griff.
0: Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. That was a hell of an introduction right
1: there. Man, that is my wake up to college football as one of the things I remember is being at practice. And I never really did one-on-ones much before I went to Ohio Wesleyan. And then we got really, there man. and I lined up against you and I was like, well, here we go. I'm going to – I just got <laughs> – I, like I think – I don't remember if you were – no, because we had a big freshman class. So I think we did a lot of freshmen. But once we got to like, working in with the upperclassmen, I remember getting smoked a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, bro, that was uh, simpler times, I would probably put it as simpler oh,
1: times. I'd, uh, I'd, I used to hate those times, but man, uh, sometimes I wish I could go back to that where uh, things were a little yeah. less stressful. I hear you. But I like to allow my guests to give a background on themselves to kick off the episode, so tell the next listeners who you are.
0: Yep, so like you said, brother, my name is Wyatt Griffith, uh, currently strength and conditioning coach. I have my own uh, company called G6XP, Performance and Training. Um, that's been going really well for me. I've been super busy with that, uh, training a lot of professional and collegiate and uh, here and there, I got some Olympians that want to get trained. Um, before that really happened, uh, like I said, I was you know playing ball with you at Ohio Westland and uh, was there for about two seasons. Uh, did really well. Uh, actually, as a matter of fact, it's so funny that we were talking about a um, I remember being there. And when I was there, I was – at one time I was ranked in the nation as a kick returner, and uh, I remember going in – I'm not sure what year you would have been. I was going into, like, my junior year.
1: Yeah, it would have been your junior year because that was – we had, like, that giant class of freshmen that came in. I was a part of that. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. So, I I remember going into my junior year uh, as a captain and just the weirdest shit happening, just going from being ranked in the nation, being nominated as a captain – to just not playing, but, like, we'll get into that. Um, and then, so, yeah, so I played play with my guy here at OWU, and when we got done at OWU, actually qualified for the NFL Regional Combine, went to that, spent some time in the CFL, spent some time in the AFL, got done with that, and then just really dove into uh, performance training, and it's actually taken me farther than I would have imagined it ever could have, and uh, I love it. I love it.
1: It's funny that you say it's taking you further than you imagine because like I look at that. I think it, it's weird how life kind of works itself out because mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if this is exactly what you planned on doing when you were you know going through college, going through everything. but like right. I, know I would have never thought that I'd even have a podcast. And here I am recording episode 78, not thinking like, you know I'd even get this far, let alone because I started right. this with Tex and Teddy. Of all people. Okay.
0: Yeah. So like
1: that's who it started with. And then it just kind of, he got busy because now he's coaching at Owoo and just doesn't have the time. So I just took it on. And then, like, but it's crazy how you like say, like, it's taking you further than you imagine. Like, I have a website for this. Not like it just things happen and you just never expected that happen.
0: Yeah. It, it, it didn't, bro. I mean, I knew I always liked training. I grew up training. I think I really started lifting heavy when I was about 12. And I always remember my dad saying to me, like, you need to make the weight room your second home. And Mm -hmm. I really adopted that mindset. And I knew that I always wanted to be around training. I just didn't know the direction I wanted to go with it, you know, and I remember starting off. The first job I had, I was 18. And I was a uh, personal trainer at Anytime Fitness. And I remember being there and great experience. I mean, really just getting baptized by fire, you know, because I'm just a kid at that point, didn't really know what to do, how to go about regiment and planning and training, but I knew enough to get people in shape. And I I realized that Anytime Fitness, while it was a great startup gig, um, it wasn't really where my passion was at. I didn't really like training lifestyle fitness I was more in performance training but I didn't know that at the time. I didn't even know performance training was a was its own little thing so um it wasn't honestly until I got picked up by uh, this gym in Tallahassee that I really got to learn about strength and conditioning really and like blossom into that um you remember coach formaz oh yeah coach, coach formaz ran our our strength program and I remember I always wanted to like know more about where he got his ideas and methodology on training, you know, because we used to do shit all the time. Like you remember, and it would just some days would be really interesting and then some days would fucking suck. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I kind of I had an idea back then that I was interested in. I just didn't know that I was going to actually like go through that. I mean, I was a human health and kinetics major, so I was yeah. studying about the body, but I just didn't know where it was going to take me.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Formaz. I still love Formaz to death, even though he ended up at our uh, one of the people we don't like over there at Denison. But I still love Formaz oh, okay. to death. But he's uh, I love he's one of the, my favorite coaches from Ohio Wesleyan. I'm fun story about Formaz. My freshman year, my locker. You know how he'd come in every morning before practice, and he'd sit there and stretch with the band. Well, he'd, like, for some reason, stretch right in front of my locker and just, like, face his nuts straight towards me and just sit there and, all like, right. have a conversation with me. Just the normal formats. Like, if you know Formaz, yeah. that's just how he is. And it was just – that's how I learned who Formaz was. And that's uh, – ever since then, me and Formaz, the always had a pretty good relationship.
0: Formaz was great. I liked Formaz. There was a lot of coaches on that staff that I really enjoyed. I mean, they – they were good people, you know. I, I, didn't, I didn't dislike all of them.
1: You
0: know, I definitely had my feelings about some of them, but yeah. –
1: and you'll have that no matter what program you go through. That's kind of what, like it, it. Like you're never gonna like all of the coaches that you surround yourself with because, like, especially like at the college level. I mean, we're only D three, but we have you know more coaches than you probably did in high school. And like, it just mm-hmm. like, if you go to a D one level, you're telling me that every single one of those players loves every single one of those coaches. No, there's a no. coach that they don't necessarily care for, and that's something that you're gonna have.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I mean I can attest to that I've trained so many guys, bro. Even at the professional level, bro, like we have our feelings about certain coaches, you know, it's more business once you get to that level, it's really not about, it is to a certain extent, relationships and the the people you meet, it's all about networking, essentially, because it is business, but there's some people you meet along that journey, that road where you're like, it genuine people, I like them, you know, I I definitely want to stay in their corner and have them in mind as well.
1: Yeah, that's something you mentioned networking. And I can relate to that through this podcast. Like there's certain people that I've had on here or like talked to about podcasting that have a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, these are people that I want to keep. And then there's other people, like other podcasters who I've talked to and stuff. And I'm like, it, yeah, I don't like it. We just, uh-huh. we don't buy well. Like this isn't the same. Like, because like I've recorded with them. I've recorded episodes before where I don't release them because I was not necessarily a fan of how the episode went. And I don't want to put out a bad episode and stuff like that. No, I hear you, bro. Get so, oh yeah, exactly. And like, that's the thing when you, because you have it too with your own company. You have your own brand, you have your own image, and you don't want to like purposely do anything to degrade that image because that's just not, nothing's gonna. It's not gonna help you at all. So like, you right. always, you, I've kept that in the back of my mind. Like, you know, I never really thought about it until I had the my own brand, my own image in a way to where I'm like, all right, you know, these things. I could go out to the bar tonight, but then there's also sometimes I'm like, you know, this probably wouldn't be a smart decision. Like there's just certain things you think about in a different perspective once you have your own brand and image.
0: 100%. percent.
1: So let's kind of talk first about um, the, the whole thing, like dealing with, you know, going from being a ranked returner <laughs> and everything in the nation to just kind of everything. How did you kind of handle that? Like, what would you recommend for people who are probably going through the exact same thing?
0: Like from the standpoint of what, like getting that, you know, having that honor or like basically.
1: (laughs) Basically dealing with the adversity essentially is what it is.
0: I think what we have to realize as we get older, um, life is not fair. You know, it's that old cliche saying that life is not fair and it's like, man, that's, that's so mundane and monotonous to hear, but. Nothing in this world is set, you know, and nothing is, is ever set in stone for us for our future. You know, I was having a conversation with my old man the other day and, you know, my dad had said something. He's like, when you get too comfortable is when you start to lose shit. And, um, that I wish I could say that that had applied to me during that time that, Hey, I got too comfortable and shit got taken from me, but that's not what happened. Uh, and to this day, I will never know why um, I, I mean, cause it resulted, I mean, you know, for people listening to this, they don't, they don't know how long you and I played. You don't even know how long I was on that team, but after being, you know, that, that really struck a chord of me, bro. I mean, and I had to have a meeting with our other captains because to be nominated by my peers as a captain and be trusted by you guys to want me to be a leader on that team how can I be a leader? What type of representation am I actually giving this, this fraternity when I don't even get an opportunity to play? What have I done to do, to do that? What have I done to actually, what, I go to class, I get great grades. That's one part of being a, a captain for your team. What about the performance side? I know that I was performing, so why aren't I playing? never was able to have that answer so when i decided after the third game of the season to leave the team uh that was a difficult decision for me because i felt like i was abandoning you guys mm-hmm. and i felt like man i've never quit anything in my whole life am i quitting something and i honestly was told by more so people in my family hey don't do this you know you're making a big decision by doing this but it was a gut feeling i had do you remember jermaine Phillips? Oh, yeah.
1: he's been on this podcast
0: that's my, that's one of my, one of my guys, bro.
1: I'm still working in him or working out a deal with the, uh, the, the coffee company and the collaboration. Oh, yeah, up, bro. yeah. We're working yeah, on yeah. that.
0: That's my guy, bro. I love him, dude. He'll definitely be, whenever I get married, he'll be in my wedding. Um, but he said something, man, that I'll remember forever. As long as I live, he said, Griff, you're not quitting, bro. You're making a decision that's better for you. And that stuck with me. And that took so much pressure off of me because I was just like, damn, bro. To have that support to make such a difficult decision made the decision easier, you know.
1: And so. especially from someone like Jermaine, who is, right. I, in my opinion, like, I don't think you'll come across a person that does not respect Jermaine. And like he he's no. a very respectable person and he gives great advice. I, I lo- like I'm with you. I love Jermaine. He is an awesome guy. He would do anything for anybody. And like, I like that, like you're making the decision that's best for you. And you can look at that and a whole lot of different things, like, like coming from an outside perspective, anybody listening, you can look at that. as like, you know, people was quitting a job to start their own business or just quit it. Like just sometimes they're feeling like they're abandoning or walking away from it. And I get that because like, I'm, we've all been at that point where we've wanted to walk away from a sport or from something and just (laughs) felt like we were quitting and giving it up. But right. like some, like you said, you have to sometimes do what's best for you because if you're not right. doing what's best for you, like it's a, it's kind of selfish in a way, but at the same time, like you have to worry about yourself more than you kind of have to worry about others. And like, right. To right. Three, because you're like, you're the one that's controlling your happiness. Other people can't control that for you.
0: Right. You know, and, and they, I'll save this for when I get asked my question, because you're going to have a, you know. Words of it, you know, you want me to say whatever I gotta say at the end. So I'm gonna say what I want to say, even though I want to, say, I'll save it for later. But yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, bro. And it's it's so true, and it resonates so deeply with me because I genuinely feel that way. And nobody, you know, more than myself, knows how hard it is when you have to make a decision that you're walking away from something. You know, fortunately, that wasn't the end of my football journey. You know, I was very lucky to be part of that one percent, but. Um, it was very hard to not exit somewhere on your own terms, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was a difficult um, decision to make, but it was made. And uh, uh, it's actually helped me out a lot in life. So,
1: see, but yeah, like you said, it wasn't the end of your journey. So what exactly happened? Like when you guys, when you finally got to that next level, essentially like to kind of take us through that journey.
0: So when I left the team uh, there was a D one who i had had a relationship with right down the road. And um, I remember talking to the guy, his name was Brian Moore. He was my strength coach at the time. And he said, Hey man, you know, you got talent. He saw something in me and he was like, let me see if I can get you ready for a combine. So um, I was only 20 at the time. I believe maybe I was 21. Not sure. I was 21. I was 21. And I was nervous as hell, bro, because, you know, my dad played in the league, you know, my uncle played at Wisconsin. You know, I had this lineage in my family of people that had played at elite levels And now that I had never doubted myself, it was just like, me, I was the type of person who I never saw football not being in my life. So, you know, when Pop Warner was coming around, I always saw myself playing in high school. When high school, senior night came around, you know, coach gives that speech. Oh, some of y'all never put pads on again. Me, I was like, I know I got college. And then when you get to college, you know, you have this decision. It's like, did I make it this far to make it this far? And I was just like, no, dude, I know I can play further. I know I can. So um, I went to D1 and I trained trained hard for like three months, got ready for a combine, got invited to the NFL regional combine that was in Atlanta, which was awesome. Uh, Unfortunately, when I got ready to go, it's like, I don't know, maybe three days before the combine, they canceled it for the first time they had ever done that in like 17 years. And that was like devastating to me because I had absolutely zero idea on what to do, where to go. Um, I had a mentor at the time uh, at the receiver position, and he said, let me see what I can do. I know some people in the CFL because he used to, He was a legend in the CFL. He actually made some phone calls and had GMs reaching out from different um, franchises about me. Uh, and that's kind of how I got my foot in the door with the CFL. And then I had an opportunity to play in the NAO, And when I was there uh, is when everything really started to open up for the CFL. I played for the Jacksonville Sharks. I remember I got signed. And I was the youngest dude in the league. And I was with so many dudes that were just legit. Like, they had been released from the Dolphins. They had been released from the Jags, Dallas. where They were all everything at UF or Miami. They were just dogs. And uh, I remember I did really well. The head coach, Cy Burley, he saw something in me and he gave me a chance. And once that happened, I had these opportunities with Saskatchewan, with Winnipeg. Uh, I had one coming up in Montreal, but then uh, COVID hit, unfortunately. And uh, when that happened, um, I had a decision to make, you know, do you want to go continue to go through with this? And uh, I had an opportunity to get a contract with the Orlando Predators back in the NAL. So I took that. And then after I had gotten done, um, you know, like you just, you, you come to a point in your life where you're like, what, what it's hard, man, battling back from injuries and just, you know, when you've done something for so long and you feel as if, and this is probably some advice I can give to anybody who's out there who's coming to those crossroads in their life. Like, what do I do? You know, when you play a sport, for so long that it has given you opportunities it's given you guidance it's given you structure and you just really don't know who you are outside of that sport it almost becomes like your identity it's hard to be able to step back and be like no I'm more than just an athlete there is other things I can provide so I had to come to those crossroads and be like no man you're more than just a football player And when I made that decision to step away and dive into what my career is now, man, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed because it's taken me to new places and I've been able to meet so many cool, interesting people and network on another level. It's been amazing.
1: A hundred percent. Like I really like what you you kind of talked about it being your identity and like, you know, there comes a point when you have to go through that. And like, that was me when I look back and I'm sure a lot of other Athletes at the time, my senior year of college with football and everything was the COVID year, and our season got canceled. And like that was the point where I had to sit there, sit down, like, you know, I'm just thinking, all right, here we go. I got another season. It's my last, probably my last time I'll play. Like, but then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, we don't have a season, and I got to like make some decisions. Do I take a year off and go back the next year? Do I take my fifth year, or it wouldn't even have technically been my fifth year because they gave you an extra year of eligibility. Like, do I do all this stuff? And I had to make some like really big decisions. And that was the point where I did realize like football is no longer my identity because like we all, like, especially if you go play college sport, that sport more than likely we have all done it where we see it as we can't live. Like we're, who are we without it? Baseball, yeah. basketball, whatever. We all have gone through it. And you know, I remember, cause like I wasn't, I remember telling myself, I'm not going to college unless I go play football. And like, I look at that, like, I'm like, that made me realize looking back now is like, it was so much of my identity that I could like, who was I without it? And honestly, things like this podcast and the job I have now, like once, luckily I had things that happened before that senior year that kind of made me realize like, Hey, you're more than just a football player. You're more than just that. And we all need, and like, it's all going to come at different points for every one of us. But sometimes you need to sit down, like, as an athlete and look, what, it, what is my identity outside of this sport? Who am I outside of this sport?
0: Yeah, well, for sure, bro. That, and I was the same way. I mean, for me, and you got to figure, I went from having eight, seven, seven or eight, I can't remember the number, seven or eight Division one offers out of high school, to having everything under the sun happen to me to where I had to go to a D3. You know, if it wasn't a coaching staff change, it was they wanted to hire ACT or uh, can I do take this course? It just, it was everything. And I was just like, bro, I'm, I'm not going through all this, you know? And uh, I was the same way, man. Had I, had it not been for football and track, I wasn't going to college. Like, and it's, you know, when you look back on it, you bring up a great point. Like how scary is that to think that the only sense of, motivation i would have had to go to a university was because of a sport
1: yeah so like something that i highly recommend anybody who's like in high school because we do have a small percentage of uh, high school listeners if you're in your senior year right now and you're an athlete thinking about going to the next level you know make it more than just about that sport yeah you need to have a good fit with the coach with that team but also look at the university side of things too because I mean, let's be real. A lot of us, when we get to our senior year and you're done like that, that's the end of your football career. And that's how it is for a lot of people in high school, but then you're lucky enough to go to the next level. But like you, like you said, you're, you are lucky to be a part of the 1%. There's not Mm -hmm. a very high percentage of people that continue to go on. And I like, if you have those dreams, strive for them. I'm not saying like, don't have those goals, but I'm saying like, you got to also remember, like, there's other things like football's not gonna last forever. Look at you. Like you, you, we all think. Like you, not all of us are lucky enough to be Tom Brady and go play twenty years in the NFL. That's not yeah. like there's. That's a very select view of people. Select few people that are gonna do that. But yeah. something I wanted to ask you about is like because you have a little bit different rules in the CFL and arena football and all that stuff. Correct. Yeah. So was that something that kind of, I feel like it wasn't too bad, but I wanted to ask you since you actually did it, like was there kind of like a learning curve and almost it was a little bit hard to get used to anything that was hard to get used to, or was it all kind of just natural? The
0: speed of the game is fast. Um, And, you know, playing with an additional player, um, like in the CFL, you have 12 guys. Oh
1: yeah, I forgot about that actually. And
0: forward motions as opposed to a lateral motion is different, you know, but I remember talking to, uh, my mentor and i was like bro i was made to play in this i it just the forward motion the waggle it just came so natural to me and i just felt so much in my element when i was doing it you know i just say i and i had always had a, a swagger about myself I, if you show me how something is supposed to look it's supposed to be done i will be able to copy it to the t uh but i mean the, the, there's always a learning curve you know there's always you have to go through everything and uh, you have to understand the rules of the game you have to understand um, placement and that, that's that was probably the hardest thing it's it's not really the, the speed of the game or more plays and just this intricate playbook it's never really that it's not even the verbiage of the play call it's just timing you know there there are teams that want you to do hey on your third outside step you better be here so they're not even counting yards anymore it's on your third outside step, you better be at this point. And if you're not, you're not getting the ball or the ball's coming, you better be ready to catch it. It's just, it's crazy. You know, the, the way that certain coaching staff, certain certain coaching staffs uh, will apply uh, their football IQ to the game. It's just different.
1: Mm -hmm. So how does one go about, like, would you recommend, people going to the CFL and the, uh, the, what is the NAL is what, is that what you called it? Is that what they're correct? Okay. What is there one that you preferred to play in?
0: Well, so the NAL, the national arena league was one of the most premier, uh, indoor football leagues that you can be in and it pays good money. Um, and it gives you, it's really a filter league, you know, so you have all these things like the XFL now and stuff, the, before there was the XFL, you had the NAO and it's just this league for you to go and compete against great talent, get film. And then, uh, you know, in the meantime, you make some money when you're doing it, but you have an opportunity to get more film. Let's say you were a kid in college and, um, you know, you had a good pro day or, uh, you didn't even get a pro day. And then this, these teams want you to come out there and play with them, see how you do in camp and then sign you. Um, it's another opportunity for one, for you to stay relevant for you to stay in that Competitive uh, state into get film. Uh, and that's what a lot of kids are lacking these days is, is film, you know? So uh, the NAO, it was great. It was fun. It was electrifying. Uh, I remember one game in Jacksonville in particular. Um, we would get more more fans of the Jacksonville Sharks than the Jacksonville Jaguars would grow. I remember <laughs> we had going out and it was just crazy. We had 13,000 people sell out the arena. just packed shoulder to shoulder, fireworks going off, people screaming, just want your autograph. It's just, it's fun. The NAL was fun. Um, The CFL, they, those Canadians love their football, bro. And uh, it is just as professional, if not more professional than the NFL. It it is crazy. I mean, it's, it's like, if you're looking at major league baseball, you have like the major leagues and the minor leagues, you have the NFL and the CFL. Like it's, it is legit.
1: So did you lived up in Canada then for a little bit?
0: So I would, I got invited to some teams. uh, for the workouts, um, unfortunately I would get cut, uh, you know, it was always an honor to be able to make it through workouts and through camps with them. Um, never got to see an actual game in the CFL, unfortunately, but being able to get a contract, being able to make it to a camp, you know, OTAs and stuff like that, it was awesome. You know, I had felt a sense of accomplishment,
1: but um yeah, because you still accomplished something that a lot of people never get the even even get the opportunity to do
0: yeah it it was it was very humbling, it was very honorable, and I was very proud of myself and um yeah I, I don't really regret any of any of it or how it went, you know i'm very blessed to to have made it as far as i did
1: what would you say is your Favorite memory from the NAO?
0: Oh, my gosh. Probably my first practice. Probably my first practice. Because prior to that, um, I had left Ohio Westland, qualified for the NFL Regional Combine. Then the Combine got canceled. So, dude, I was in a state of purgatory. I was in this in-between place where, what am I dealing with my life? Now, I was living with, at the time, my, my girlfriend in her dorm room, or her dorm room, her apartment that had three other roommates, so I'm confined to this small little room where every day I'm going to train with my uh, coaches and get ready for the unknown. I don't know if I'm even going to play anymore. Meanwhile, I'm not even making money. I'm just feeling like a bum because I'm living in my my (laughs) girlfriend's room and I had no idea what was going on in my life. I was just so lost and in such a state of almost denial because I'm like, no, no, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. I really felt that to my core. I felt like it wasn't over. I just – the constant a hey, I need to make myself believe this every day was a struggle because every day you don't get that call every day you don't get the invite it's damn what am I doing so I remember the day the coach called me and he said how would you like to be a Jacksonville sharp and I said oh, I would love that and he said great we have a contract waiting for you in Jacksonville and I remember I went up there and I signed this contract I remember so crazy being in this room because we had to introduce ourselves you know who we are you know the guys that came in and all these guys have these incredible pedigrees man uh my name is such and such i just got released from the cowboys my name is this i just played in the cfl then i was with uh, uh was this guy with miami dudes are coming in That like, oh, i was all this at mississippi state at uf at the hurricanes and i'm just like yep I'm Wyatt Griffith and I played at a D3 (laughs) (laughs) I had had nothing impressive to say but I remember uh, I had went into practice that day and I remember I had I just I I got down to one knee I remember being in the end zone of our practice zone and I remember I got down on one knee and I just had you know I I was trying not to cry because I was getting ready to go into practice you know but I was just thanking God like just thank you man for letting me put the helmet and the pads on one more time. I was just so thankful and so happy to have made it there. And, um, you know, that was the first step for me on, and, you know, to where I was going to continue to go, but that's probably one of my most favorite memories. And I had earned my respect when I was there because, you know, like you said, you know, you're like, ah, I was getting burnt in one on ones, you know, like they didn't really realize how fast I was. I, I ended up running at four three eight forty, And, uh, Well, I believe it. I hundred percent believe it. (laughs) They were like, "Dude, I did not. You are one of the fastest dudes on the team, and just know how to get loose." And uh, yeah, it was a great time, man. It was a great time.
1: Yeah, the thing about you from one on ones that I remember is getting off the lines. I could never get hands on you. I like you just got off the line so fast and made your first, made that one move real quick, and then you were like, "Well, shit, where'd he go?" And like (laughs) that's just how it was, but um uh, you know it, it's crazy to look at you talked about you didn't just taking that knee and just kind of you you basically we've talked about it on this podcast a lot where you just take it in for a second yeah because and like you said you thought like you might have thought like oh it, it, this could be it like i could be done and then all of a sudden an opportunity presents itself i remember doing that similar exact thing my senior year at worcester we played three games in the spring but we played at Worcester and I just remember sitting on the bench and beside Lucas Cooper and looking over at him and goes, I was like, can you believe it's about over? Like we were up big. The second team was in and I was like, just kind of taking like, this is it. Like it's about done. And like, but then you, like you, you, like you don't, you don't realize those things until you kind of just sit there for a second and take it in. And like you said, you thank God, like, you have opportunities. Like sometimes I think we take for granted the opportunities that we are given.
0: Yeah, dude, 100%.
1: 100%. So we're going to take a real quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to start discussing your business that you have started. So real quick break, and then we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by roughnextpodcast.com. If you want to support the podcast, then head over to roughnextpodcast.com. And grab you some of that roughnecks merch we have everything from t-shirts long sleeves sweatshirts hats and many more stay up to date on the website for new merch coming every couple months you can place an order and it'll get sent directly to your door and i don't even take any of the money from it the money gets put right back into the podcast to continue to improve it for you if you can't afford to buy some merch this time then simply just subscribe to the newsletter and it'll keep you up to date on all the new things that are coming i appreciate all of the support you guys give it doesn't go unnoticed let's get back to today's episode all right we are back and so what i want to talk to you now about is g6 it's called g6 performance and training
0: g6 xp performance and training
1: okay that, there we go so tell me what what, where did you get the idea to start your own company? Cause you worked for a few, like you said earlier, you worked for a few different gyms. Where did you decide, you know what, I'm just going to go do my own thing.
0: So I had been involved, you know, like, like I said, in the summertime when I'd come back from college, I would be a PT at Anytime fitness. And then when I started playing professionally, I had, I, I had an opportunity to go uh, be a strength conditioning coach at this performance facility called Titus and it's in Tallahassee uh, Titus performance Academy. It, it, I, my mentors in strength conditioning are from there you know, I got this Adam Farrell, Benjamin Farrell, uh, Mike, Luke. I mean, I just, I learned so much from so many people there um, that, you know, when I, when COVID hit, I was forced with a decision. Do I stay here or do I move back home? Uh, Because the gyms obviously were very restricted on what we could do at the time. Uh, So I really wasn't making the money I used to be making pretty hard to afford a place when you're not making enough money. So I made the decision to move back at that time I was applying to different uh, performance facilities and I had had interest from all kinds of places because I had been doing this with other companies, you know, D, the D ones of the world I'd trained with them, um, Titus, um, you know, Equinox wanted me. I had all these people I had done shit with. Uh, so what happened was I'm in the, I'm in where I'm at right now. I'm in my, my gym that I've built. Okay. And Before it was this, it was just a garage. And I'm talking to my dad. My dad goes, "Dude, why don't you just like start a gym right now?" This was during COVID. He's like, "These gyms can't do shit." Like, (laughs) yeah, maybe not
1: the best thing (laughs) (laughs) that would (laughs) right.
0: He's like, "You could probably come up on some cash because hey, you're not dictated by shit." So I was like, "He's got a great point." So got the equipment, dumped like nine or ten k into this facility. Literally, it's you have everything you need here. It is, it is a performance-based facility. And um, one thing after another just started happening. People were coming to train, right? So I was, you know, people were coming to train on a regular basis. So I was building this notoriety back in the area. You know, people knew who I was because of what I had done athletically. So uh, they had a sense of trust and comfort with me. And then I had gotten a call from a gym. I mean, this guy in this gym, down in Lauderdale, connected, and I was one of the co-strength conditioning coaches at this facility. Um, you know, and before I went down there, I was training people like Kurt Benkert, and you know, I had trained people like um, Gabe Neighbors or Trey McKitty and uh, Jordan Franks. You know, I had, I had a couple of NFL guys I had coached before I went down there. When I went down there, I met Terrell Owens, and when me and Terrell Owens connected, uh, we really formed this this friendship, what it is now. And he and I have been training for over almost a year now. And um, once that, you know, I was training like Michael Perrine. And uh, I ended up connecting with Route God and receiver school and destroying. And it just it was this thing that just kept going and going and going. I'm just making all these connections. And then I decided to leave Lauderdale because it was just it was a drive. You know, I'm, I live in Fort Myers. So that's a two hour drive, three days a week. That's 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 a lot um money was great but just wasn't really ideal so i got to a point where i was like all right um i'm going to stay back in fort myers still train my guys that are in lauderdale if they need me like terrell or whoever needs me down there um i'm gonna really try to plant my roots over here in fort myers well dude i'm now mind you i didn't even finish school bro I had a semester left before I got my degree as a human health and kinetics major, right? Well, I got an opportunity to be a franchise fitness consultant for Anytime Fitness. So a two franchises. Now, this is not like, this is some mom and pop gym. This is a franchise corporation. I was a consultant for them where I was programming and constructing workout programs and workout groups on how to go about things. Meanwhile, I still have G6, so I'm doing G6, and I'm consulting for this franchise. Well, shortly down the road, I get a call and I connect with the guys at D1 that want to open a D1 down in Fort Myers. Now I'm I'm a strength conditioning coach at D1, so I have three things going on. Well, shortly after that, I have the Lee County Sheriff's Office, and they want to talk to me. Now, now I'm a tactical conditioning coordinator for basically 1,700 people that are in SWAT and special operations. You know, and I'm working with companies and corporations that are doing stuff, uh, for combat operatives in the field and collecting this data and this information that's never been done before. And then, then, then I, you know, I'm, I'm juggling all these things. Meantime, I'm still doing stuff with G6 and G6 has me like, okay, I got Terrell Owens over here in Tampa or I got him in Lauderdale. Oh shit. We're doing, we're building a lot of notoriety. We have a lot of PR going on okay the Tampa Bay Bucks are interested in signing him okay so now I'm talking to the director of operations to sign Terrell Owens and then then it's like now so we have the director of operations on the phone saying like oh we're interested and we're not saying no we're not saying yes but we're interested okay who can I call now I'm calling BJ Daniels you know USF quarterback legend Super Bowl winner hey I need to hold a private session at USF to train Terrell can we do this like it just it, you know, you become almost like an agent. You know, you're doing so many things. And that's why I say it's taking me to new levels and new heights that I never imagined, bro. Like I just got back from the University of Tennessee because I'm training guys like Carlin Fields me and Jay Blakely or and uh, DJ. And like I'm getting these guys ready to go for their pro day. I have full access to the University of Tennessee's facilities to go up and train these guys for their pro day. It's just when I think back on where it started to where it's at is just unbelievable, bro.
1: It's just you, true. yeah, it's something that literally started from a garage.
0: Garage, bro. From a garage.
1: That's crazy. So, <clears throat> one of the things I want to ask you about though with you know, you just listed off all this stuff that you were doing. How did you handle the time management because that's something that a lot of us struggle with? How yeah. what is the advice that you can give to somebody trying to ha- handle all these things? What what advice do you have for time management?
0: even i'm bad with it at times bro because i'm the type of person no one's I will, perfect
1: what we can no, no one's ever I, got it figured out
0: yeah bro like i will overextend myself and because i just want to make sure that i'm helping people you know like that's my overall goal it's like i want to ultimately be a person who is going to help them get to where they want to be you know so i will offer my services and sometimes I'll be like, damn, I'm overbooked right now. I got G6, I have LCSO, I have D1, I have my stuff on the side, like with uh getting film and content or doing something with my supplement sponsor or any other sponsor and reps I have that want to work with me. Like it's just the best thing I can say and even I need to take more of this advice is just get a planner and make sure you are coordinating day by day what you have to do and be as specific from time frame to the day, to the dates. Like you just need to make sure that you have all that in order because it's very quick for your life to get chaotic and scrambled. And when you get to that point, that's when you have to start dealing with other things, stress, anxiety starts creeping in. And it just, you, you can drive yourself insane because you just, you're scrambled. your brain just doesn't even know how to function because you don't know where you're going, what's up and what's down
1: that's one of the biggest things, you know, I feel like a lot of people can attest to this. When I was in high school, I remember like, you know, you have assignments and you're like, yeah, whatever. Like, all right, I'll get it done. Like, you just kind of know like the assignments that you need to get done. If you forget it's like, Oh, I'll just do it in class right before class. Well, you couldn't necessarily do that in college. And I found that out the hard way. And that's when I first ever bought a planner and started like, you know, legit kind of planning out my days And when you kind of it it takes like because in college, I feel like a lot of us go through that point where we just all of a sudden we get that anxiety and like we're just like stressed about we feel like we have so much to do. But when you kind of start to break it down like this task by this task and then you start making those check marks. Hey, this is done. This is done. I feel like it starts to calm us down and relax us a little bit. I'm a very big proponent. Like I, I push for people to have planners. You do not have to plan out your day down to the freaking minute, but it's just nice and it helps still be like, Hey, my bill, like, you know, Hey, this bill is due here in two days. I got to make sure I have that money in this account to make like all these kind of things. It helps just kind of manage everything. And it's just a a very good thing to like be able to, journal or not necessarily journal, but um, just have a planner that kind of shows those kind of things.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you a hundred percent.
1: So take me through, I got to ask, I ask all business owners, this. I'm always curious, the name because everybody kind of has a story behind their name to a degree. Some of them are a little more advanced. Some of them are just very simple. So why G6? So
0: this is actually what what happened. So when I was younger, I had created my email, right? And uh, my number was six. And the first letter in my last name is G, Right. So, um, time, you know, went on and, um, I had been referred to sometimes like, bro, you fly like a G6. Like people were like, dude, you're fast. So I remember when I was thinking about names for the gym, you know, I had, I had thought about calling it a goji, you know, uh, I had thought about calling it Atlas's gym. Um, but there was something about G6 that I liked, but I was just like, it's just not enough, you know? So the p in the g6 xp stands for performance and the x stands for the experience right so you know that's kind of how it came about um and it's just as stuck you know so whenever people go through regiments or uh they get done training you know we we're like hey And my, I, what I do is I'll go through a thing and I'll be like, have they met the requirements? Have they met their goals? Have they stayed efficient and have they stayed true and focused to what we've been trying to attack? And if they've met these, these requirements, they become G6 certified and uh, it's become a trending thing. People love it. And so that's how it came about.
1: Well, it gives them something to strive for. So I I feel like that's good, but um, one of the things too, it's crazy that, you know you got to now and like i remember sitting there and i did the same thing i don't know if you know who carter franklin is he uh went to ohio Wesleyan, but he was a year above me so he would have been a year behind you i believe but he played baseball but then he ended up making videos for the football team and now he works he makes the videos for miles garrett and now works for the nfl as well he's been on this podcast a couple times and I'll never forget. It's the v- same thing with you. I was watching, you know, just scrolling through Instagram one day, and I saw a video on Sports Center, and I was like, I already saw this video. Where did I see this? And I, come to find out, it was his video. But the-, the same thing with you. I remember sitting there watching. It was when they were talking about uh, T.O.'s speed that he still has and then I'm sitting there I'm like wait a second I know that guy beside him telling him what what he's about to do so like kind of take me through that experience too where all of a sudden like you're on like you know I don't remember what all the like house of highlights sports center bleacher report whatever they were like you know where you wake up one day and all of a sudden your video is all over a lot of different platforms
0: yeah bro It kind of like I mean I had like bleacher report hit me like bleacher report follow me and then you know I had you know it was on Sports Center. It was on ESPN. It was on uh, Gridiron Bleacher Report. It was on. It was on everything you could think of, man. And I've been hit up by multiple podcasts, and I've only been on a few because my time's so pressed. You know, I'm so hey, in
1: that case, I really appreciate you coming on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, bro. This this is a uh, Owo family here. So, um, but yeah, bro. I just uh, it was weird. It was uh, kind of surreal because that was never really the. Obstacle or goal, you know, it was just to get some fire fucking content of me training this badass Hall of Famer. And um, it's even cooler because he's such a good dude, man. He's such a good dude, you know, and just such a hard worker. Uh, It's fun to train him.
1: That's what I was going to say is like because uh, Carter said the same thing like he just I mean he doesn't train them or anything he just takes videos of them and he's like yeah. Dude, it's crazy like to be around those people I, we almost get this like you almost I feel like a lot of us when we look at like NFL type people or like people that make it far like oh they're cocky they're arrogant that's like we almost sometimes I feel like have this preconceived conception of what they really are. Because yeah. of all oh, they made all this money, like they can get whatever they want. But like right. people like you and Carter have attest, like these people are genuinely good people.
0: Well, they're people, bro. Like they're people at the end of the day. You know, that's like, what
1: I think some of us forget. Yeah, we see them on TV, but they are still people. They're still everyday people just like us.
0: Yeah, they just they're on a platform that's that's more elevated than the average person can even fathom everything they do is under a magnifying glass. Terrell Owens has been painted as some type of villain in the NFL, as if he was some destructive person in the locker room or off the field. And he wasn't, he was just painted that way because that was the way the media wanted to portray him. You know, you do one thing where you're having a good time playing football, celebrating, and now you're some asshole who's gallivanting and just being this negative image. And it's like, what are you guys talking about? And the power of the pen that these reporters have nowadays uh even podcasters man you guys have such a powerful voice and people tap in and believe so cult-like into what you say that it's true it is the gospel to them you know and uh it's just uh it's it's unfair but like we said it life will always be unfair you know and uh that's been one of the coolest things to train somebody like that who's got he's he's half. He's literally 20 years older than me. I grew up watching this guy play mm-hmm. football, you know, so to hear it from the horse's mouth, his side of the story, and to just see, like, even at 48, this dude would dog. I've seen him do it now. I brought out pros. I brought out high Division One collegiate corners to cover this man now, and he dogs at 48. Like, um, people do not understand. He is still like that. So um, do I think he could come back and play in the NFL? Absolutely. Do I think he's playing 60 snaps? No, but do I think there's going to be a situational player that could help a, a team out, win games? Not even a question in my mind. I believe that's my core.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it is crazy what the media side of things. I've talked about it on this podcast a handful of times. And, like, yeah, like you said, podcasts are becoming another source of media. But what I want to, people to understand, I'm kind of taking the Joe Rogan approach on this because, you know, people look at Joe Rogan and – the The media itself, the problem is with everything. Is we no longer report the facts. It's we almost are in a biased, and we say what we what we believe. And like that, I understand there is the biased side of things, and like you can believe what you want to believe. But we used to watch the news to get the facts, and now we watch the news and we don't know what is true anymore. And and that's the same with podcast. And like I want to say very clearly. That everything that we talk about on this podcast, we're not 100 saying that it's true or they're facts. Like right. not, not just this episode, every episode of mine. If you want, if I say something, if somebody else says something, and you are unsure about it, or even if you are like thinking, "Oh, that's kind of cool," like fact check it before you like use it as your own. Because I don't want that to be on me. Like I, I just want people to understand. Like we, it, it, that's the. The whole point of a podcast is we just get on here and have our own discussion and to, like have fun. It not everything's right. facts, but that's also the problem with the media is they portray like they can portray they can t- change somebody Im- somebody's brand image real quick if they wanted to. Absolutely, and they do it pretty much every day.
0: Absolutely, bro, and it happens unfortunately, and that's just the way that 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 game is played uh, when it comes to those people.
1: So I want to ask a couple more questions about the business. If you could give anybody a tip or trick, if they were starting a business like yours, what would it be?
0: You need to have your foundation. Uh, You need to make sure that you do have a plan of attack, you know, from the standpoint of how you're going to run your business. What is going to be your niche? You know, what is something you're going to focus in because there is a demographic out there that you're trying to hit, you know? and you need to make sure that you have a program uh, that is legitimate, you know, and you have to be ready to reprogram it all the time because you will get everything under the sun to come at you for training. You're going to get people with injuries. You're going to get people post-surgery. You're going to get people that really have never trained before they have terrible form their fundamentals and functional movement is just completely out of whack you need to be able to know how to correct that um, and (laughs) really just make sure that all your ducks are in order for when that day comes because it's it's never a question of if it's a question of when and when it happens you need to make sure that you're ready but that that would be the biggest advice I could give somebody who's getting ready to start a, you know, a training program or a gym. Um, You need to make sure you have all that in order.
1: And then the final question I got about your business are where do you want to see this business grow to? Like, what is your goal with this business?
0: Um, Right now it's been such an honor to be trusted by so many people and to be literally be a a consultant for lcso you know g6 is ultimately what programs through lcso um or even when i was doing it for anytime fitness It's my goal would be to have multiple locations uh that are ran efficiently uh where i don't have to be there you know uh but that i just i say that but i don't think it would be true i don't think i'd be able to stay away from the gym i would just be in it all the time you know but I would, I would like to have multiple gyms uh, around the state of Florida first. And then I would like to branch out across the country. Uh, and I think it's a very realistic thing that can happen here. Um, right now, I have so many other opportunities and things going on that I, I don't even want to commit to that yet because I'm just so busy and bombarded in a good way uh, with other things.
1: Yeah, and you, you almost, if you take it on too fast, I feel like that's how you see it Sometimes businesses fail too, is you see yeah. people try to, Take things on too, like they try to rush it, and I've done it with this podcast where I've tried to rush things, like the website, and all this stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. one, I realize, like, hey, slow down, make sure everything's the way it needs to be before, like, you launch this plan out, and like, it's something that you have to take, like, it, you can't rush business side of things, and you can't just force it because it's not gonna work. But what I really like that you you have the mindset of, you know what, it's possible but the only thing that's going to stop me is myself. Like right. I think you have that kind of mindset of, you know, it, you're not going to let anything stop you. You're just going to push forward and keep going.
0: Right. I'm not one who like, <clears throat> this might sound bad. Um, I have such a strong mind, my tenacity when it comes to my faith in something, my actual belief in something outweighs any type of negative connotation that could follow it. I don't really focus too much on plan B or C because it really takes away from me focusing on plan A. It means I really don't believe in plan A, although you do have to be ready. Like, okay, something will eventually happen. You need to make sure you have a backup plan. Agreed. But I'm trying right now to make sure that plan A is going to happen and no one can deter me off of that path. And I've had a lot of people, when I got into this by myself doing this, where they're just like, are you sure that's what you want to do? You don't really have any benefits in that. You know, it's a really hard business to get started in. And it's like, I could have let that dictate how I went about things, but I didn't because I believed in myself and I was so driven in my faith that nobody could have told me anything, Mm -hmm. you know? to deter me off of what I wanted to achieve.
1: That's crazy that you, I've gone through the exact same thing we talked about during the break. Like I put in pools, people tell me all the time, you have a are you sure that's what you want to do? You have a college degree. You don't have any benefits, like all this stuff. And I'm like, but at the same time, I think it's the same for you. I'm doing what I love to do. Right. Sounds crazy to a lot of people probably, but Mm. I love what I do and look where it's led you. I right. see the people that told you, "Are you sure that's what you want to do?" Never expected you be training to like they. They never they told saw that. that.
0: No, and they told me that. And they're like, I got to be honest with you, man, I did not see it going the way it's gone. But I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. you know, I'm so proud of you sticking to your guns. You did this. You created this. And um, that's how I was in football, man. I got to a point in my career where I was like, "This is, I'm gonna be selfish for Griff." fuck you. I'm getting this for me. I never did anything in life. And this sounds terrible. And people are like, you shouldn't go about life that way. But look, man, I was overlooked all my career. So everything I did, whenever I got an accomplishment, it was never me being like, oh, I did this to show that I could do it. Every time I achieved on it was to be like, hey, fuck you. I told you I was going to do it. That, that's what it was. Like, oh, you don't think I can get this?
1: Watch me get it. And sometimes there's no better feeling than that right there, though. Hell no. And I think that leads us really good into this next segment. Oh, I forgot. Never mind. I spoke too soon. I have one question that I like to ask all of my guests. Um, I forgot one guest, but um, if you could go back in time and tell your 16-year-old self one thing, what would it be?
0: Oh, my goodness, bro. 16? Yeah.
1: 16.
0: hell was I doing at 16.
1: I know I was making a lot of dumb decisions. Um,
0: man, bro. Damn. Yeah. If I could have, if I could tell myself I, at that time, I would have told myself to make sure I'm doing everything I can academically. Don't slack off because ultimately that is what gave me a hiccup in my life down the road, you know, and, while I'm grateful for everything I have, it took me a lot longer to get it because I didn't do everything I needed to do when I was younger, you know, and being an athlete in high school, where you guys are the king of everything, you get a lot of stuff done for you and handed to you. And it didn't really prepare me for things uh, later on. So I would probably tell myself that I would probably convince uh, my parents to let me get a job because I was so consumed with football on track that I didn't work, you know, and I had a lot of people in life where that what they were working and I just felt they were so much more ahead of the game by the time they were 19 and 20 because they were working. So young. Um probably those two things, man, get a job and keep your ass in school and stay focused on the books.
1: Those are both great things The get a job. One's actually a new one, but I think a lot of people would agree with that. I'm lucky <laughs> enough. I, I don't know if I'm going to call it lucky enough, but you know, my parents, my phone i never had a phone until i could pay for it like gas i like i i got a car given to me my first car which was a hunk of junk but hey you're just happy you're out of the house and can go drive wherever you want uh but gas was mine and like i got lucky enough that my brother had got me a job essentially and so like yeah to get a job one i highly agree like once you expect i think once you start driving especially go get a job yeah Cause sure. one, it teaches you kind of more about the responsibility side of things too. And like time management and all that kind of stuff, it helps you learn, yeah. develop your work ethic and that kind of thing. Um, but the, uh, the other part of it has been mentioned a lot of times, you know, focus, don't forget about the academic side of things. Like we've talked about earlier, we, we kind of let that identity of our, we're an athlete build into us and we forget sometimes about, Hey, there's other stuff like not all of us are going to be, you know, we're not all going to go on to the next level and play uh, sports. And then also not nothing like not trying to say anything against you, but like not all of us are going to go train or anything. Right. Like a lot of us are going to go on to a nine to five type of job where you're going to need that academia to help propel you in your uh, career. Correct. Yeah, but that's This moves us into the best segment of the podcast, which is Motivation Monday. Motivation Monday is the point in the episode where I allow the guests to give the Roughnecks listeners a little inspirational bump to set the tone for their week as they listen on Monday morning. So what do you have for Monday Motivation? Monday motivation. Motivation Monday. There we go.
0: (laughs) So I say this all the time, and that's because I believe it to my core. I know that in this life, I will never be left. When my parents die, man, they're not leaving me anything. Okay. And the only thing that they're leaving me is my last name. No one in my family has ever done anything before them to tarnish it. They have never done anything to tarnish that name. And I'll be damned if I ever do anything to tarnish my name. And that is the one thing that I hold the most pride in is the fact that I have such a good name to look back on and be proud of. The one thing I would like people to know is that no one in this world will ever give a fuck about you more than you will. So if you believe something so strongly in your convictions that it is what you want to do and you have faith in it, no matter what people tell you, if it is truly what you believe in, you have to go do it. There is something calling to you, whether it is spiritually, emotionally, physically, whatever it is, if it's calling to you and it is something that you are passionate about, you have to go do it
1: a hundred percent agree i love that because like i think so many of us get caught up in you know whatever you want to call it keeping up with the joneses like whatever it is we all worry about and social media we've talked about this is a big killer in that we look at what everybody else has and why oh i'm not there we worry about how many likes we get or whatever stop worrying about so much about what other people fucking think because that doesn't matter yeah And at the end of the day, I think it can kind of bring you down if you start worrying about that. You're not like, because what I want people to also think about, like, if we worry about what other people think about us, think about there's people out there that we can all say, like, I really don't care what they do. Mm -hmm. So if we're worried about everybody else, what they think of us, like, think about the other side of things. Like, do you care about everybody? Like, so if you really look at it is we, you can play this game of, it, it doesn't matter what other people think.
0: There's a great quote by a philosopher named Heraclitus and uh, he's talking about warfare. And Heraclitus said, of every 100 men that you send me, 80 of those men are nothing but targets. Of the 20 that remain, 10 of them shouldn't even be here. Of the 10 that are left, nine of them are real fighters. And then he pauses and he says, ah, but one, one of them is a warrior for he will bring the others back. And it sits with me because it's like, are you going to be that one? Are you going to be that one that, that goes away from the pack and decides to create their own lane? Are you going to be that person who is going to cultivate something that people will then gravitate to? But at one point we're like, that shit's whack. Are you going to be that person? And for me, I always took pride in being that person. I didn't want to be like everybody else. I didn't want to do what everybody was doing. I was comfortable being who I was as a person, as a man, as an athlete. I was comfortable in those situations. Like, bro, I don't need to do nothing to prove myself other than to me. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I look at, I'm the first person in my family, like all, all of my siblings have called, I have three older siblings. They all have college degrees, but I'm the first one to go away to college. And yeah, right. 45 minutes, but I went away. I'm the first one that like my brother is an electrician. My brother-in-law is an electrician. My dad's an electrician. And people ask me sometimes like, why, why didn't you go be an electrician? Because I don't want to be like everybody else. <laughs> right. Like I want to write my own story. I think it's very important for everybody to go write their own story like Sorry. if that's what you want to do and like if it's like you want to go work for the family business whatever it is if that's what you want to do that's fine but make sure it's your own version don't yeah. you know count on everybody else like don't be a chapter in somebody else's book just like as your book like be your own story write your own story because yeah. at the end of the day that's what like write your own legacy essentially and that's yeah. what you're doing a very good job of is you're writing your own legacy and because like you have all this like uh, excellence in your family, but you're writing your own story. You're right. doing your own thing and making your name for yourself.
0: I Appreciate it. I appreciate it, bro.
1: But I think with that, that's a wrap on the 78th episode of the rough next podcast. Thank you so much, Griff, for coming on the podcast. Where can people follow you and your business on social media?
0: Uh, I am the worst Twitter person. I have a Twitter. It is the, uh, what is it? The, the real, the Coach Griff or something like that. Uh, I have a TikTok, but I have a social media manager who runs that for me. Uh, I believe it is the real Coach Griff. Um, And then I have a Instagram, which is the one I'm the most active on, which is the Coach Wyatt Griffith. Uh, Or no, it's just Coach Wyatt Griffith. Uh, That's the one I'm the most active on. uh, But those are the ones that you could reach me on.
1: Be sure to give him a follow. But like I said at the beginning of this episode, Q and A Friday number three is this Friday with none other than Jesse Beachy Griff. You uh, know Jesse Beachy, don't you? Of
0: course I know Beachy, bro. He's a freak. Right? <laughs> Anybody know who Jesse Beachy? He is probably one of the most ripped kids I've ever seen in my life.
1: Yeah, we, uh, he's actually been on this podcast two or three times, something like mm-hmm. that. Because he's good friends with Teddy, and so I've been around him a lot. And then, but me and him have grown a our own relationship, but. Q&A Friday, I'm actually going to put you on the spot right now because I ask all of my guests to give a question for Q&A Friday. So what question do you have for Q&A Friday? Q&A Friday is me and a guest answering questions from the fans and now my guest. But it could be questions about literally anything and everything.
0: Uh, My question would be, what is the why for you today?
1: perfect um but if my fans anybody listening right now anybody has a question that they want to answer on the podcast send those over to roughneckspodcast at gmail.com uh but with that that's a wrap on the 78 78th episode of the roughnecks podcast and you guys know the deal life is hard and it's gonna knock you down just like a bull does to a bull rider don't let the bull of life walk all over you get up grab the bull by the horns and take control of your life roughnecks out Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. If you liked today's episode, then be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with a friend if you got some value from it. Head over to social media and follow the Roughnecks Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to that YouTube channel. Don't forget to get you some of that merch by heading over to roughneckspodcast.com and subscribe to the newsletter while you're there. See you all next week. Roughnecks out.